Bonjour à tous, bonjour à toutes, bienvenue sur le podcast Pacify Your Mind, le podcast qui met le bien-être au cœur de votre mission d'expatrier. Je suis Adeline Torcol et je suis votre autre sur ce podcast. Ce podcast s'adresse à vous, professionnels expatriés. Grâce à mes invités et à leur partage d'expérience, je souhaite vous donner des conseils pour améliorer votre bien-être. Ce podcast s'adresse également à vous, professionnels des ressources humaines ou managers. Je souhaite vous guider, vous inspirer dans vos actions de prévention et d'accompagnement de votre personnel expatrié. Aujourd'hui dans cet épisode, j'ai le plaisir d'accueillir Camilla Afstrom. Elle a accepté d'être la première invitée de ce podcast et je la remercie chaleureusement pour son soutien. Camilla et moi, nous nous sommes connus au Nigeria. Elle travaillait à l'ambassade suédoise. Je travaillais pour l'ambassade de l'Union Européenne. Camilla a rejoint le ministère des Affaires étrangères suédois il y a dix ans. Et depuis, elle a travaillé comme responsable administration et affaires consulaires pour l'ambassade suédoise au Nigeria, à Jérusalem, en Afghanistan. Elle est actuellement basée à Nairobi, au Kenya. En préparant cette première interview, j'ai tout de suite pensé à Camilla pour son engagement sur les questions de santé physique et mentale lorsqu'on en est professionnel expatrié. Elle a développé au cours de ses dix ans de travail sur le terrain un intérêt pour la pratique du yoga au point de se former comme professeur et l'enseigner auprès de ses collègues de terrain à Kaboul, en Afghanistan. Nous allons parler dans cet épisode des différents challenges auxquels elle a dû faire face lorsqu'elle travaillait dans des zones à haut risque comme l'Afghanistan, des bénéfices de sa pratique du yoga pour sa santé mentale, son engagement pour le bien-être de ses collègues, notamment à Kaboul au travers de son enseignement. Nous parlerons également des actions que les organisations peuvent mettre en place afin de mieux préparer et soutenir leurs collègues sur le terrain. Cette interview a été enregistrée en anglais. Mon accent Frenchy, c'est cadeau. Vous entendrez également le son des grillons en direct de Nairobi, de quoi vous dépayser un peu en ces temps de confinement. Bonne écoute Hello Camilla, I'm very pleased to welcome you for this first uh, interview of Pacify Your Mind podcast. You are calling from Nairobi, where you are presently and currently working as the head of consular affairs for the Swedish Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Thank you for being with us today. As I told before, we met each other 10 years ago in Abuja, in Nigeria. It was my first experience as a professional expatriate, and I think it was the same for you. My first question to you would be, what triggers this first uh, professional expatriation? Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was actually not, uh, not quite the first, because I had been uh, abroad before uh, during not so long periods, but for like a year, year and a half, uh, but in... Uh, in the states um but uh, then i've been wanting had been wanting to go to more say exotic places for a long time uh, but it was a bit it was a bit tricky since i didn't have experience of hardship places um but then this um opportunity turned up at uh, at sort of unexpectedly and when i wasn't really planning to go anywhere um but then still it turned out to be a good timing Um, I didn't at all plan, I mean, I couldn't have imagined by then that I was going to be away for that long, though. Uh, but, um, yeah, that's how, it, that's how it happened. Yes, indeed. You have been away from your home country, Sweden, for more than 10 years, so it, it's quite a long time. 
Now, um, I would like to talk about uh, the main issue of this podcast. It's about mental health of professional expatriates. Camilla, you have been posted in, in Nigeria, where we met, but also in Afghanistan. Afghanistan is known as a hardship posting, meaning that you face difficult living conditions. I guess that you, uh, you received a proper preparation before going to such places. Could you tell us what type of preparation did you receive? Uh, any mental, psychological preparation as well? Yeah, uh, I mean, unfortunately, it isn't. Uh, it isn't that much to tell. Um, I mean, I got before I first uh, went on posting. I got a lot of training for you know work-related things to learn the job, but there was really, I mean, nothing to prepare you for like the the mental parts um, and you know that the cultural that the cultural things that you were going to experience. And I think. I think with uh, Nigeria, you probably agree with me. I mean, it's culturally, it's it's just so, <laughs> it's just so far from. Uh, uh, I mean, like from northern northern Europe. Uh, so really, but yeah, no, there wasn't uh, there wasn't much there. I mean, I did, of course, security trainings before both uh, Abuja and Kabul train you for extreme situations, um, of course, uh, which is probably you know probably helpful. Um, in uh, in many ways um but it's not you know not about how how your private life is going to be and also i think you know also i think work um yeah no so not uh, not much uh but then i must say that uh, i mean for the the first the beginning of um, the beginning in the new place I mean it's always so difficult uh, luckily I mean I think you uh, you realize that uh, it's going to get better at some point otherwise uh, I would not go through it I also think for every time I go to a new posting that you know I've done this before I have the experience now I can handle it if I understand correctly you develop your own resources your own resilience to face this uh, stressful situation. I would like to come back to experience in Kabul. As I told before, it's a hardship posting. You live and you work with colleagues in the compound for security reasons. You also face uh, isolation and restriction of movement. Uh, it's not a common uh, reality. I would like to know how did you cope with these uh, difficulties? Um, yeah, I mean, of course, Kabul was was extreme, but it's also, I mean, it's similar to other places too. But uh, in Kabul, uh, I mean, I hated to be there in the beginning. My first rotation there, I was like, oh my god, this is uh, this is just so awful to be, you know, locked up like this. And of course, I didn't know anyone, uh, sort of outside of the outside of the compound. Um, And uh, I remember like the first, so I went on leave and then I came back and the first morning after coming back, I woke up and I was like, I'm opening my eyes and I'm, I'm really thinking, I was like, oh no, oh no, I'm back here. It's like in this prison. I'm like, oh my God. Uh, but, uh, uh, well, I mean, I also remember like morning meditations when I'm like, okay, find some things to look forward to. Day. And I'm like, there is nothing to look forward to today. There is just like a black hole. Um, 
and also in the beginning, we had a couple of periods when we were in lockdown and we couldn't leave the compound for you know quite quite a few weeks at a time. Um, but then also that is so extreme that you that you somehow you find ways to maneuver through it and you actually learn a lot of things uh, about your, yourself and I mean I I learned some things that has been very helpful now during the covid restrictions um and it's also like you realize it's a similar situation and you're like yeah I've done this before I know I know sort of what to expect uh, and how to handle it uh, yeah so it's uh, yeah, but then in in the long run, I actually really enjoyed uh, enjoyed Kabul in many ways. Um, Work-wise, it's by f- like by far my best posting. Um, and I mean, there like in all other places, the keys the keys to find, you know, a few very good friends, some partners in partners in crime that you can have fun with. Um, because if you do that, then then. Everything is all right, and in the long run, this this is what you will remember. It's like your friends and uh, the fun and special special times. Also, the, the not so fun times, maybe, but with your with your friends, it all becomes it all becomes different. I think in Kabul, one of the things there is that you're not there for very long periods of time. I mean, there you have. Uh, there you have your rotations. I mean, I was never, I think the longest I was ever there was like six weeks. Normally I traveled out, you know, after like four or five, four or five weeks or even less. Uh, so you got frequent breaks. Um, so then you, you have always something, you know, to look forward to, um, which you could compare to the current, current situation. Um, but then I think also that, you know, the, as I said, friends, but also the colleagues there were very, very important and you get a very special relationship um, to your colleagues when you live when you live like that um, so so yeah um, and actually when you are in such an environment we do we do get some support from from home um, a bit where they you know they check they check on us more regularly than they do otherwise even though it's not you know it's not I mean, they yeah, they 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 try and they and they check, but uh, you should probably need much more, especially you know after uh, more significant uh, happenings. You also refer to the practice of meditation at your arrival in Kabul. This uh, practice helps you going through difficult moments. I know now that you have a regular practice of yoga and meditation. Uh, could you tell us how did you come to uh, this yoga practice and what are the main benefits for you? Um, yeah, I mean it's a, it's a yoga for me. It's a long. I mean I have a long a long yoga background that started uh, like many years ago. But I mean from the beginning, not really for as a stress reliever, but more for me it was more it was more an exercise form that I really liked that had you know, some good uh, side benefits, uh, um, such as, as, you know, relax, relaxing you and making you feel very good um, after. Um, and I mean, it was a very important thing bef- for me before I went to, went to Nigeria. Um, but then I think, you know, in Nigeria, I started this uh, hot yoga, uh, which was sort of, I mean, it sort of saved me because, I mean, Abuja was very crazy for me work-wise. It was just 
complete complete madness many days. Um, so then I found this this hot yoga and this uh, teacher Annie that uh, is very dear dear to me. Um, and I mean I started to go to this every day, um, every day after work. So it got me out of work. Uh, and uh, I think also the importance of that shouldn't be, be underestimated because it was like something something that made me feel very good about myself that I kept doing this. Um, yeah, and I actually, you know, when I left there and I got to got to Jerusalem, there was no hot yoga studio in Jerusalem. In the beginning, I missed it so much that I, I cried because I couldn't do my uh, couldn't do my hot yoga. So I used to do the program by myself with a recording of this uh, of this teacher. Um, slowly, slowly, I got into like other other forms of. Um, of uh, yoga I didn't like it so much in the beginning and it was very hard for me to do like the more slower slower forms uh where it was not you know that much maybe you know exercise focused but uh, uh in the long run it uh, it really benefited me yes your practice became a kind of obsession uh to keep uh, you safe I would say and uh, to care about yourself at some point, you decided to train yourself to become a teacher and you taught yoga to your colleagues in Kabul. I think it's an interesting story uh, to tell uh, to the audience. Can you, can you share more about this teaching experience in Kabul? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I did my training when I was in, um, in Jerusalem um, and it was, uh, it was because I wanted to learn more Uh, for myself I didn't really it was not that I like planned to to teach um but um I thought it was a good idea to you know be able to handle my practice myself you know if I would end up in a place um where I couldn't go to a to a yoga studio um I had no idea at the time that I was going to Kabul that came up as a sudden a sudden thing um or a sudden opportunity that I sort of never applied for. Um, but then once there, um, I thought like, why not? Someone asked me if I wanted to teach and I'm like, okay, I'm going to try. Um, and then it turned out that, you know, the interest was huge. Um, and he gave, it gave so much, so much back. It's like, you know, just to get to hear like, you know, this is the best, best thing in the week, or you really made me feel grounded. It's just, uh, It's just like, makes me like genuinely happy. Um, It was a lot of, uh, it was a lot of colleagues. There was a point when every sent out member uh, uh, of the staff from the, at the Swedish embassy had actually done, had actually tried yoga. Um, But then it was also people from other embassies, NGOs. Um, I think it spread the rumor spread and people people wanted to come. We also had like a very, very, a lovely garden. Um, uh, so I think actually many, many people also like to come just to, you know, spend an hour uh, in the garden on a Friday um, during the warmer months of the year uh, because it was so, it was so nice there. Uh, even if we were surrounded by, you know, concrete and, uh, and uh, barbed wire, uh, and there were alarms going on every now and then. It was still like so, so nice. Uh, so it did, yeah. It's, uh, it was, uh, and I think also, I mean, it's like um, 
I mean, I realized that I really, it's like yoga has done so much for me that, you know, I love to, you know, try to share this with other people. Um, and I think it's also very good, you know, to have something that is not your work that you, I mean, something that you're very passionate about. I think that's uh, a key to, you know, coping in general, um, to have to have a passion and also something that you, I mean, it's like to commit something to something that is not, you know, work related at all, because it helps you to, you know, let go of, uh, of work for some time. If I'm, I'm going to do this, I need to focus, I need to prepare uh, and I need to be there for other, for other people. So it's uh, in that sense, it's, it's a good, it's a very good thing to do. As you expand, show you are committed on the issue of, uh, mental health for you, but also for colleagues on the ground. I have a question for you. What recommendation will you give to an organization who would like to invest more in terms of mental health support to its own uh, expat uh, staff? Uh, yeah, I mean, one thing um, that I want to tell you about is that the uh, British Embassy in Kabul uh, offered one of their employees to take a yoga teacher's training. They had uh, someone that was trained in uh, yin yoga and then she left and then they offered someone else to, you know, go and take the tra training, pay for their training so that this could continue. So they had, reali they had realized, you know, the importance of this, which I think it's uh, fantastic. Uh, but on our side, um, I mean, not, not so much is done. Um, And I guess what's needed is, of course, like preparations before before you leave is important. Um, another thing is actually, I think, you know, screening of, of people. Um, I know in my own and many other organizations that people that are not, you know, may not be fit for the conditions uh, are sent out and which has sometimes this has a very severe you know, personal consequences. So I think we do need to, we need to dare to question more. And also like when we are out, we need to, you know, care about each other and actually, you know, sometimes ask the uncomfortable questions to, to check how we are, how we're doing. Um, and, you know, many times it surprises me how little people actually know about, you know, how to take care of their of their bodies. Um, I mean, I'm not saying everyone needs to do, to do what I am doing, but, uh, I mean, if you're going to be in challenging, challenging environments that are challenging, you know, in many different ways, it's, yeah, first of all, it can be a security situation, but it's also, you know, may, many times, you know, environmental issues. Um, for me, the, like the worst thing in Kabul, uh, was actually the pollution, which was just terrible. Uh, it was much more difficult for me than than having to, you know, I never felt, I, I was never like felt scared about, you know, security or anything. I felt, I felt safe. Uh, but when the air quality is so bad and you know that, you know, every breath that you take outside is just hazardous. Yes, uh, Camilla, I also uh, do think that from my own experience, That support from colleagues, experienced colleagues, is also um, important. It's really essential when you are in the field in terms of uh, mental support. Uh, what is your experience or what do you think about this uh, peer support? I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah clearly. I mean, it's, um, I think that uh, 
I mean, what you could do is probably uh, that we don't have. I I sort of had it informally, which was uh, uh, which was great. It was a great help for me. But you know, a system of of mentorships. When I arrived in in Abuja, uh, there was no one. I mean, we were all new. Um, apart from the ambassador, there was no one there with you know any experience that you know that we could learn from. Um, and also in other other places, it hasn't been that many you know experienced colleagues to to learn from. I mean, I try now when I have new colleagues coming in. I always tell them that you know don't don't expect it to be to be easy in the beginning <laughs> uh, because it's not gonna it's not gonna be. Um, uh, but very few people are there to you know to prepare you in a in a good way. So I think this could definitely be you know systemized and also to use. I mean I'm sure there is plenty of research on these things that uh, that you could uh, make use of. Yes, you you told us that you receive very few training before going to a field. If you have now the opportunity to be trained, what would be the topics you would like to learn about? Um, yeah, I mean, I think for uh, for me holding a, a management position, I would really like you know some proper some proper training there, and maybe you know uh, also because it's very different, I think, to you know lead teams at home where everyone has a common background uh, in comparison to you know lead local staff in in different different environments um, and then I think in general like you know counseling um, uh, is a great idea I think we all you know I think we all need that to some extent um, and I think it should be mandatory for certain circumstances I think that would pay off uh, very well actually um, you know to help to help people i mean to su to support people i mean who doesn't need support i mean it's uh in these circumstances but in like in, in any circumstance i would like to come back to an interesting point that you made before you made the comparison of your experience in kabul with the current pandemic situation that we experience right now you find similarities with the restriction of movement and the isolation aspect Could you tell us what uh, what is the impact of the pandemic on your uh, expect uh, life right now? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is really getting getting to be a, a, a more and more of a challenge at the moment. I mean, I think during the the spring months, um, we sent home uh, many staff members, uh, so it was a few hours that was left. But then, you know, it was a It was a world crisis, and somehow you adjust to it. And as I said, I mean, I could, I could draw parallels to other situations, other crises that I've been, uh, that I've been in. And uh, yeah, like, it was like, yeah, it was a few months, well, quite a few months, quite a long time. Uh, but we still, we still managed somehow. Um, and then I traveled uh, home in in August, um, and then I came. Uh, I came back, uh, but I must say now, I mean, it's, um, uh, I have my partner in a country where the border has been shut since March. Um, we have met for less than two weeks. 
this uh, this year. We managed to meet. There was a short window uh, in uh, in August. We actually did manage, but it's uh, it's uh, it's turning out to be uh, to be very complicated to have a long long distance relationship. It's uh, it's very very frustrating, and now it's also. You know, I would really like to go home for Christmas to see my to see my family, but uh, I also feel like that is not a responsible thing to to do at the moment. You know, to travel travel uh, that far and go like you know straight home to to uh, my parents that are not that young anymore. So it's uh, uh, yeah, no, it's a lot of insecurity and just that it's not you know it's not getting any better any better. It's just like new restrictions. Um, everywhere, and it's uh, it's yeah, it's it's really it's really starting to get to me. I think this low impact. I mean, it's a low impact st- stress. It's a low impact stress for for all of us that we shouldn't uh, underestimate. I think. I mean, in in many ways, we're quite lucky here. Actually, we're quite free to free to move. We have some restrictions. There were more a few months ago. Um, but uh, but it's okay, and now we can we can travel in the in the country. Um, but it's still yeah. But it's still like yes, it is a bit of feeling of being being trapped and not you know being able to uh, see like you know family, your partner, good friends. It's it's like yeah. Uh, and there I think because uh, you know as I said, we sent a lot of people home, all family members. Uh, were sent home. Um, then the families came back, and I think then from the HQ side, it's like, yeah, all the families is, are back and everything is uh, is well. Uh, but for the ones of us that are out here now without families, it's uh, it's yeah, it's a bit uh, it's it's a bit yeah, it's a bit difficult. And uh, yeah, it's like a feeling of loneliness. I usually don't feel lonely, but now it's it's uh, yeah, I do. I often think that expatriation is somehow a personal development adventure. Uh, in that sense, uh, my question for you is, what did you learn about yourself from this different expatriation? Um, yeah, I mean, it's been a long, it's long, it's been a long time and it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a bit difficult to say. I mean, definitely I've learned a lot. Um, it feels like you know I lived like several different lives in these uh, in these years, moving from one place to another. Um, and sometimes I think it would be like you know would be be so cool to travel back and just compare myself now to the person I was when uh, uh, when I first uh, or before I left. Uh, but I think I've learned. I mean, I've learned learned a lot lot about you know handling situations. Um, I mean, my first. First, first. Well, my first years, my like my Abuja time, and also my my first years in Jerusalem was very, very intense, which had a huge impact on me. I was like very, you know, very stressed and very, uh, you know, very, very moody a lot of times. Um, so I think I've learned to handle that, and I have, in many ways, I think that the key is, you know, to. To care, to care less, and it's like sort of like give give less fucks. It's like don't you know? It's like a lot of things. No one is gonna thank you for it anyway. It's like you know, with work, 
just just leave it aside go do something else when it's uh, when it's too much um uh and uh, uh you know make time for your make time for yourself um and try to yeah uh so and organize you know your life in a in a way so that you you have that time but also but this is more I'm like something I'm trying to learn is to also like more actively you know rest uh, because it's so easy to just like go 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 or to find balance it's like you know as I said socializing is very important but I also tend to you know sometimes I just socialize too much to like take a step back and you know not be not be afraid of of missing out on things that are not that important um and find time to you know to cool down uh, and yeah have have sort of like a mix uh but it's a challenge but um i mean it's it's like there is so much to learn uh, both in like you know life and yoga <laughs> Yes, Camilla, life and yoga, yoga and life, this is a kind of a new mantra. But you pointed out like um, something uh, important is that as an expatriate, you, you tend to spend more time uh, at work. So it's really a challenge to find this right balance between work and life. I have a last question for you, Camilla. You've been through a um, stressful, difficult situation. Could you share with us like a stress relief technique, something you do to ease uh, stress? Um, I think I would no, I would say more like I, I usually turn to you know meditation or or yoga in those uh, situations or breathing. I mean, breathing is so is so good for you. It's it's amazing uh, how you know just uh, a few minutes of uh, of focused breathing can change your mindset. Thank you very much, Camilla, for sharing your own story. What I will keep in mind from our exchange is your resilience, your ability to develop your own well-being tools in a difficult uh, context, you, especially through um, yoga practice, and your ability to share it with colleagues. I think they are lucky to have you, and I wish you best of luck for your mission here in Nairobi. Thank you. Thank you for giving me this uh, opportunity. I want to, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, just feel honored that uh, someone uh, wants, to, wants to listen to my story. So thank you. Merci beaucoup d'avoir écouté cette première interview de Pacify Your Mind. J'espère que cet épisode vous a plu. N'hésitez pas à le partager autour de vous, à mettre une étoile sur Apple Podcast si vous avez aimé et n'hésitez pas à me laisser un message pour me dire ce qui vous a apporté. Si vous voulez suivre ou contacter Camilla, vous pouvez la retrouver sur son compte LinkedIn at Camilla Abstrom, sur son compte Instagram at Kabul Yogini. Si vous voulez me contacter ou suivre les aventures de Pacify Your Mind, rejoignez-moi sur mes comptes Adeline Torcol, LinkedIn et Instagram. A bientôt <musique>